0: This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a Coco Mocha Signature Latte. Or make them swoon with a Strawberry Dragon Fruit Dunkin' Refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner
1: is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional grade supplies for every industry, even hard to find products. And we have same day pickup and next day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm Chad Dotson. With me again is our buddy, Joel Luckup. Joel, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually broadcasting tonight from my own basement for the first time, so I am not afraid of cliches.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. It,
1: your basement or your mother's basement? Well, it's actually my basement, oh, so wow. I guess it's not totally a cliche, but it is a basement.
0: That's pretty and I think that's
1: close enough, so...
0: Oh, the fact that you've made it out of your mother's basement is—it's—it uh, brings hope to uh, sabermetricians everywhere.
1: We all have dreams.
0: <laughs> that's right. Um, welcome to the all injury podcast, where all we talk about all the time are Reds injuries. I think pretty much that's going to be the topic of conversation tonight. Ow! Um, oh man, I just pulled something. <laughs> oh <too>. man, we're—it's
1: <laughs> <our>, an epidemic.
0: <laughs> our first podcast uh, disabled list. Uh, our first person placed on the podcast disabled list, let's just say that. I will not go on the
1: 60-day DL either. Excellent, excellent. I, I am day-to-day, but I am not actually day-to-day. I'm actually month-to-month.
0: So we, we won't have to remove you from the three-man roster uh, to right. uh, uh, make, make room. Okay, excellent. Um, well, the first thing we need to talk about, which is clearly the most important thing going on right now... It's that the uh, University of Virginia Cavaliers are now in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Basketball Tournament. Um, And now while I know that everyone listening here is either uh, mad about Indiana not being in or Cincinnati getting beat early or happy about Kentucky and Louisville, permit me just a moment to uh, revel in the fact that for once... Uh, the University of Virginia is actually uh, doing well. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, anything you want to uh, add to this conversation, Joel?
1: No, I went to a Division three school so that I could avoid these types of conversations.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> if I had thought about it uh, before I chose a, a college, I probably wouldn't have picked uh, University of Virginia because I want to avoid these conversations usually. <laughs> but finally, they're uh, doing well, and I'm actually. Uh, Thinking about heading up to a Madison Square Garden uh, next week. Wow. To see Virginia play against Michigan State. That should be a fun time. Yeah, um,
1: well, they're probably going to lose, so I hope you don't waste too much money. Oh, oh,
0: money. oh I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. Actually, see, oh, somehow
1: Michigan State <laughs> is my son's most favorite team, which I don't, I've still yet to figure it out. But um, so I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm not oh. really rooting for anybody at, at, at any point. I used to be a big Kentucky Wildcats fan. And then I kind of lost out. In fact, yesterday I was kind of rooting for Wichita State to win. Oh so wow! I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm a baseball fan.
0: <laughs> well, me too, and I'm happy to talk about baseball. And you're, and you're probably right. Uh, Virginia's probably going down, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with their season anyway. Um, yeah. But let's talk about baseball because we are right on the precipice of opening day we uh and i'm not sure the reds are going to be able to have nine players to field uh to field a team for opening day they certainly may not have enough pitchers to go around what is going on right now i
1: don't know it's you know some of it i was thinking about that this morning and i think some of it might actually just be the you know spring training injuries you know the kind of thing where Um, If it were September, these guys probably would pitch through a little bit or or they wouldn't be so concerned about it. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Now, obviously, Matt Latos is uh, coming off of surgery, and so that's why he's behind a little bit. Um, I wonder if the Homer Bailey thing would have been, you know, during the regular season would have been one of those cases where maybe he just misses a start or something like that. Um, It just seems a lot scarier now because – Uh, they're maybe perhaps a little more cautious than they would be during the regular season and you know and and the talk of like uh, Johnny Cueto and possibly him having injured scapula which is you know sounds like a rock band scapula Um, (laughs) Oh, hair metal I love it right but so you know having an an injury or something like that is one of those things that you know maybe they don't even bring up during the season um, unless it's you know ends up being more serious than they, they had thought so that's the optimistic take on it as much as I can. It's very frightening, though, don't you think?
0: Oh, it definitely is. And and I think you may be right that some of these things maybe seem a little more serious to us now because they're being uh, extra cautious, number one. And number two, it's sort of on top of some uh, more serious injuries, and they're just sort of piling on top of each other. Right.
1: And, the volume is definitely concerning.
0: Right, yes, even if there's uh, only maybe one or two of these that are... Uh, Something that really we need to be concerned about. Uh, obviously, the most serious and the one that's on everyone's mind is uh, Araldus Chapman. And, and you know, I was uh, I wasn't listening to the game that night, but I saw on Twitter Araldus Chapman hit by a line drive. And so I turned on uh, Marty to see what he was saying, and it was really uh, as disturbing uh, as it could have been, given that I didn't have any pictures because Marty really was. Uh, not saying a whole lot and the picture he was painting was not good. Morales down on the field, uh, bringing out a stretcher and uh, very very scary. You see the pictures over the next couple days of uh, what happened after he uh, underwent surgery and 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 those staples, that picture of those staples it still <laughs> gives me uh, nightmares. Uh, but then uh, you know a day or two later he's in the Reds clubhouse and and smiling and uh, they say he can begin working out in 10 to 14 days, maybe ready to pitch in game conditions four to six weeks. So I guess it could have been much, much, much worse. But I can't imagine many things on this team. Uh, maybe uh, something happening to Joey Votto like that, that would be as scary as uh, what happened to Rallis Chapman then. Well, um, go ahead. No, I'm just saying I'm, I'm still uh, ha, sort of have the shivers over it.
1: Yeah, and the actual event, I think, is is pretty much – um, outside of like seeing a clean break or something like that, the actual event was um, pretty much the worst thing that can happen on a ball field, you know. And um, it, you know it, it, it's quite uh, quite scary. That that kind of thing can happen because it's totally out of the control of everybody involved. The hitter doesn't want to do it. The pitcher obviously doesn't want it to happen, and and so it, and it's so bang bang that it's just so frightening to see it happen. And and it, frankly, it's quite amazing that it doesn't happen more often. Um, and so, uh, to see it happen in such a, an extreme degree. And then, you know, to hear all of the, the, you talked about the staples. The worst thing for me was the description of them, uh, peeling his face back. I was trying to avoid that. I was trying to stay away from that. Thanks a lot. I know, but you've got to go graphic or you're never going to, you're never going to skew young enough with the podcast. There you go. Good point. Um, so, but the, the, the whole event is just, oh man, um, it's one of those things that it's as, as a human and as a person that doesn't play that sport, uh, it's one of those things that you look at and you can't imagine that somebody could get back out onto the field after something like that happened. But these guys, uh, there's a reason why they're different and there's a reason why they make it to the big leagues. And for some reason, they're able to get that fear out of their head and not worry about it. So hopefully, I think of all the things, because it doesn't sound like the concussion was that bad. And maybe there might be a few lingering effects there, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be one of those severe concussion uh, cases that la- last for a whole year. Or for a couple of years or for the rest of his life, hopefully. Um, so ultimately, the real question is going to be whether or not he can overcome the psychological effect and be comfortable out there on the pitching mound again. And you know the only way we'll ever know that is until he gets out there on the pitching mound again.
0: Yeah, and and actually, that is absolutely the best case scenario, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because it happens, and 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 you're right, it's a it's a wonder it doesn't happen more often. And the only way to uh, protect a pitcher can protect himself is by not pitching, really. I mean, that uh, there's no way to avoid that. It's going to happen occasionally, unfortunately. Uh, short of wearing a mask or something. Um, well, and the funny thing, and not to like completely kill
1: the conversation with an aside here, but the first, so I went to fantasy camp in 2010 and I had never pitched before, never in little league or anything like that. The first pitch I threw in fantasy camp, which was like on day three or day four, I, uh, I threw and the, the guy lined it right back and I put my glove down just in time to protect oh. uh, and enable me to be able to have children again. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: well, that's even worse. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, mean, what that's happened that's, to Araldus. Uh, yes. So, it,
1: um, <laughs> You know, but it was the first pitch I'd ever thrown, and and uh, and so that scared the you know the bejesus out of me. <laughs> no doubt, and 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 yet somehow I still managed to pitch. So come on, Aroldis, just get back out there. <laughs>
0: yeah, really. If you, if you can get back out on the mound, what's his excuse? I'm a uh, coward. <laughs> exactly. He's a professional athlete. Um, really, in some ways, and you, and you know, here in the descriptions of, of the surgery that he he underwent, and um and then just seeing the pictures of the video of what happened, it's really strange to say best case scenario, but I really, in some ways it was, I mean, they're talking brain damage originally, you know, and it could be uh, anything from death, uh, you know, down to, uh, you know, uh, any number of situations uh, could be imagined. And, and as it turns out, it looks like he's uh, maybe the uh, biggest fear is just, how's he going to respond psychologically? And that's a, that's a serious fear. And it's something we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, But you think about uh, the first thing I thought about when it happened was uh, Brandon McCarthy, who was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hit uh, by a line drive back in September of 2012? Epidural hemorrhage, brain contusion, skull fracture, um, and of course he returned. Um, but uh, so it could have been a lot worse, I guess is what I'm saying. Not, I don't want, I don't mean to minimize what happened to Aralys. I'm very, very thankful though that it's not worse than it was because at, uh, over the first couple days, it very, very scary and. Uh, and I'm amazed he's able to smile and laugh about it at this point, frankly, because yeah. um, that's a tough situation. Yeah, and
1: it helps just being a weird dude, I guess. <laughs> maybe <laughs> one so. Of those time, <laughs> one of those times where, where his eccentricities probably is helping him through the situation.
0: Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe the confidence that goes along with uh, calling yourself Mr. 105, etc., uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's something that's going to help him when he gets back on the mound. We'll yep. wait and see. Um since we're in the bullpen, we've talked. I think you and I have talked about uh, Jonathan Broxton and Sean Marshall uh, before. Uh, Are they on the Reds? No, oh, my goodness, They're, it's it's Nick Massett all over again.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I joked uh, I joked to somebody that uh, uh, Sean Marshall is taking over the uh, honorary uh, Reds pitcher role from Nick Massett now. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, the Nick Massett chair in the uh, Reds pitching department. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about Marshall first, I guess. I I don't know what to think about uh, Sean Marshall. He is uh, one of my favorite players on the team, but it's a continually sore shoulder. He's uh, every time he throws, he's feeling great. And then a couple days later, he's got a setback, and and you know he uh, has been injured now for what six eight months, uh, except for a very short time at the end of last season. How's this guy not healthy after a full off season? Is what I, what I wonder. I mean, what is he ever going to be healthy if he can't heal up over over an off season?
1: Yeah, and that's a big question because um, the hardest part I think about all of this medical stuff is that uh, you know each pitcher is unique and individual, and um, what works for one guy may not work for another, and that's very uh, it's very frustrating as fans. Because we're not there on a day-to-day, I'm sure it's very frustrating to the players, but, you know, I can't really talk about their perspective. But as a fan, not being there on a day-to-day, so we don't really know what they're doing. And you hear a lot of, you know, I I said earlier on Twitter this week that, um, you know, every team thinks that they're – or every fan base thinks that their team mismanages injuries. Right, yeah. And, and I think some of that – comes from the fact that we don't understand what goes on in the background, and we don't know why somebody like Sean Marshall continues to be hurt. Well, here's the – the fact of it could just be that Sean Marshall's body just isn't made to do this, and it's unfortunate, but you got somebody like uh, Bronson Arroyo who is – some weird wizard who is able to survive, you know, and, and pitch uh, so many years and uh, stay healthy all these years. Although this year he um, does not appear to be as healthy as he normally is. Uh, and then you have somebody like Sean Marshall, who you know has um, you know great talent, but uh, is unable to stay healthy. And it's just the way it goes. And and you know we're just not good enough at the whole science of of pitching mechanics and pitching health to be able to figure out some of these things. And it could just be, that's how it is with Sean Marshall. I hope it's not, but you know, sometimes you just have to admit that we don't know everything.
0: No, oh, that's precisely what I fear. And and we are, listen, on this podcast, we've uh, questioned doc, Krim check and the reds medical staff uh, over and over. Uh, but this, that's really what I fear with Sean Marshall. And, and like I said, I'm a very big fan of Sean Marshall. He's a guy and we'll talk about who's going to be the closer in, in Chapman's, uh, absence here in just one moment he's a guy that i felt should be the closer anyway with chapman in the uh in the rotation this guy's great but at some point you really got to wonder you know is he going to be able to uh, you know pitching in the major leagues it's it's a violent motion it's an unnatural motion and it's tough on a person's arm and shoulder um i'm concerned that marshall's never going to be healthy again it's very very uh very unfortunate. I never really considered that until he comes into spring training this year and he's just still still injured. Um, very, very uh, – it's a shame because they gave up a good, good pitcher for him. I thought in the end it was a pretty good trade uh, when they traded uh, Travis Wood to the Cubs for him because Marshall, like I said, when he's pitching, when he's healthy, this guy gets people out as well as any reliever in the majors. And while I don't normally like the idea of trading starting pitching
1: for relief pitching, at that point in time, uh, the Reds certainly had a little bit of a surplus of starting pitching and could afford uh, to give some up in in place of getting somebody who was the quality of of Marshall.
0: Right. When when, when they made the trade, I was a little skeptical. They signed him to a a Two or three-year contract, uh, whatever it was, and I thought, well, you know, going to have this guy around an elite of reliever for this number of years. Uh, at the very least, it's a toss-up. Uh, you know, not a bad trade. And ordinarily, you trade a, a good young starting pitcher for a reliever. I'm not going to usually be happy about that. Um, well, his buddy in the bullpen, uh, Jonathan Broxton, actually pitched in a minor league game today. Uh, I think he's pitched in a couple of uh, games and. Uh, He's obviously recovering from surgery last August, uh, surgery on his right forearm. Uh, you know, I, I've never, I'm not a fully paid member of the Jonathan Broxton fan club anyway, but uh, he's better than some of what the Reds can throw out there in the bullpen. And I'm starting to wonder if he's even going to be available uh, or <laughs> when he's going to be available because the Reds' bullpen all of a sudden is looking very, very thin.
1: Exactly. Um, the funny thing about the report, I think it was John Fay uh, reported today that Jonathan Broxton pitched without incident. So, <laughs> and that's exciting
0: given the current state of
1: uh, Reds pitchers. I know. Uh, I know. So it's funny that that's that's um, that's a positive description. But uh, yeah, you know, with Chapman out. And I, I'm not, not a huge Broxton fan, but that's that's more has to do with the fact that I wouldn't have given him the contract that they gave him. But right. um, I, I still, I still think he's a, a quality pitcher. I, I don't think that last year he was healthy. I'm afraid that uh, he may never be healthy again. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't particularly healthy before the Red traded for him either. He had Tommy John surgery, missed a bunch of time, and um, you know. Never really was completely back to who he had been before the surgery, so I, I've always been a little concerned about him. But now him having, um, you know, a little bit of continuing injury here is a little bit disconcerting, uh, kind of to go along with. Uh, Sean Marshall and I hate to say it and I hate to always do this whenever we talk about this but it's another indicator of why you don't give these big long contracts to relievers and I know three years it doesn't seem that long but for a reliever three years is a long contract and and it's so unnecessary and you so put yourself into a situation that uh, really just makes it more difficult uh, for your team when one of these guys goes down because you've spent money on guys that are not um, you know are hardly productive hardly worth that money when they're when they're pitching so when they're not pitching they're basically just a waste of space
0: yeah absolutely and you got uh, marshall and broxton both now signed to I, we can't call them long-term deals but uh, too long for in general for relievers um, right and, and broxton of course uh, he was quoted yesterday as saying i still have to get where i can throw my fastball i felt fine i'm just throwing it everywhere right now if, yeah. if Broxton's not able to throw a fastball, what could, what's he good for? I mean, he, uh, he can destroy a uh, buffet table, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, I'm sure, a great teammate. But if he doesn't have a fastball, and his fastball, even since he joined the Reds, has not been what it was in his heyday with Los Angeles, um, I, he's probably an average reliever at best, uh, maybe slightly above average. And there's some value to being a, a slightly above average reliever. Um, I'm not sure that's a- what people are, are counting on him to be.
1: Right, it's a depth thing. You know, he'll provide you depth, but he's not—he's not, right. not going to be the guy that comes in and if they're desperate for somebody to close out games. He, I don't think he's going to be that guy this year at any point this year. Even if you know, if for some reason Chapman never comes back this year, um, you know, Broxton, I don't believe will end up uh, ever being that guy that they can rely upon in the you know late in games. I, you know, I, I've i felt that. He's probably, you know, if we had to assign innings, he's probably a seventh inning guy. I don't even, I don't even really consider him an eighth inning guy. I don't think no. he's, he's got the, I don't think he's got the ability to, to get outs on his own um, like he used to. He depends on the defense a little too much.
0: Right. People uh, are remembering the Jonathan Broxton that was an all-star uh, with Los Angeles and threw a thousand miles an hour and blew people away. He's just not that guy anymore. He's never going to be that guy again, and uh, it's not fair to expect him to be. Uh, he could help the team, but not until he gets healthy. Um, so so all of a sudden, talking about the bullpen, we've got Aroldis Chapman out now for a couple of months at best, uh, six six weeks at best. You've got um, Broxton and Marshall. Uh, Brian Price says they're not going to be ready to start the season. You've got Alfredo Simon now, who's going to start the season in the rotation because uh, Latos is behind schedule. And we'll talk about the rotation in a moment. But all of a sudden, this is looking like a very, very thin uh, bullpen, and when asked who's going to close games, Brian Price said uh, basically, well, whoever we've got, uh, and he specifically named J.J. Uh, J. Hoover, who can, who can handle it, Sam Lecure, who's been effective, uh, Manny Parra, who was who was good last year, and then Andrew the Giant, Logan Andrucec, <laughs> and the thought, you know, I, I I I don't assign a whole lot of uh, value to the term closer anyway. I think more people can do it than uh, then I guess the the uh, general uh, consensus is, but Logan Andrusek in uh, high intensity moments kind of worries me a little bit. Am I am I completely off base there? Uh, no, he's you know he's
1: another pitcher that that depends. Although he you know his strikeout numbers were up last year, he's another pitcher de- that depends on his defense quite a bit. And those those just aren't the kind of guys that you want pitching. Uh, you know, later in games with the pressure on, and it has, it doesn't have as much to do um, so much with the pitcher as that uh, the situations you get into those tense situations. Maybe a runner gets into scoring position. You need to hold down a two run lead and you don't want somebody who um, is going to be trying to pinpoint pitches so that he can get the, the type of hit that he needs. You need somebody who's going up there that feels like they can get a swing and a miss when they need it, and so that's the thing that's concerning about those types of guys, and that's why they don't typically work out so well in later in innings. I don't, I don't think it's as much to do with uh, mentality or anything like that. I think it has to do with uh, the sheer um, ability of the situation and the ability to get out when, when the pressure. Uh, requires you to try to do something to get an uh, an effective out, not just an out where the ball is put in play that could turn into a hit, kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, I, again, I don't mind necessarily having Hondrusik on the on the pitching staff, but he's a more like we talked about earlier. He's sort of more of a depth uh, arm. I don't mm-hmm. mi- I don't mind Liqueur in uh, in high intensity moments. I don't mind Hoover. Uh, Manny Parra has actually uh, maybe changed my mind. After watching him, although I'm still a little bit skeptical about uh, whether Brian Price has really uh, turned him into a different Manny Parra than he was before he joined the Reds. But I'm afraid early in the year when uh, starting pitchers just aren't generally going to go that many innings anyway, uh, still building up. uh, I'm I'm concerned if this bullpen has to throw a lot of innings, that's really going to be... Uh, it's really going to hurt, hurt the Reds early in the year. And, and this team really, I feel like, needs to get off to a pretty strong start uh, given, I think, the uh, general feeling around Reds land uh, that they didn't improve much in the offseason. Uh, I think for just for attendance purpose, if nothing else, uh, they need to get off to a hot start. And I'm really concerned about this bullpen throwing a lot of things.
1: When they get a tough schedule early on. I mean, they play Cardinals, uh, Mets, Cardinals, Rays, Pirates, Cubs, Pirates uh Braves, Cubs all through April. So, I mean, they're going to rely on that bullpen quite a bit. So, it's a shame that, you know, Chapman's gone and, and the other two big guys are down. Um they they're really going to have to hope that they catch one of those hot months from the um, from those relievers and the and, and maybe, you know, somebody like Nick Cristiani will surprise us um, out of the bullpen and, you know, pitch Uh, you know pitch lights out for a month and and really kind of that's you know hope is not a strategy but you're (laughs) kind of at that point right now that all you've got is to be you know at this point is to hope that um uh you know these guys can handle the the workload that they're going to have thrust upon them for that first month
0: fingers are crossed now yep moving on to the uh the starting rotation got a little bit of good news but uh, actually all five of the reds uh projected starters this year have some sort of lingering issue right now, and some of it's uh, uh, things that, like you said earlier, we might not worry about so much if it were August. Um, But Matt Latos, obviously, was the most serious. He had uh, left knee surgery, repaired a torn meniscus cartilage, and he started uh, on Monday today, Uh, we're recording this on Monday, in a minor league game, I think a double-A game, his uh, velocity was up to 93, throwing free and easy, evidently. And uh, all good reports that I heard, um, he's not going to be ready for opening day. But he's recovering as well, I guess, as could be hoped from that surgery. So uh, it's, the bad news is is sort of tinged with a, a little bit of good news, finally, when we're talking about Matt Latos. they got to get him back as quick as possible.
1: Yeah, and... Uh, hopefully he'll only miss maybe a start or two starts at the most, um, which would be great. And, you know, the, the good thing is, is I think Alfredo Simon is the kind of guy that's going to be able to handle a couple starts. I wouldn't want him in the rotation for, you know, two or three months, but I think he's kind of, uh, he's got the kind of stuff that will allow him to get away with a couple starts. Uh, and, and hopefully it's not against, uh, you know, hopefully they can get him on the schedule so that he's against teams like the Mets and the Cubs and not, so much against uh the cardinals and the you know the rays and the pirates the better teams
0: yeah and brian price has talked about uh mixing his starters up uh looking at matchups and i never would have guessed it two years ago but if you'd have told me i was going to say i I really don't mind alfredo simon making a spot starter too i never would have believed that i would actually say that but i i agree i i don't want him in my rotation but uh, i'm more comfortable with him now than uh than i would have been a couple years ago um being able to handle that on a short-term basis. Right. Um, now, Homer Bailey, I'm sorry, you're you going to say something? No, no, no. Okay, Homer Bailey is another guy who pitched in a minor league game today. Homer Bailey strained right groin. Um, probably the type of thing where he misses a starter or, or maybe two in the in the regular season and, and we move on with it, but we're all on pins and needles now. Uh, threw pretty well today, had a little bit of uh, an issue today, but worked through it. Hit his pitch limit and is supposedly healthy, um, and he thinks. I guess uh, Brian Price thinks he's going to be ready to going to be ready to go. On, uh, then I'm Open then Day. I'm going to
1: trust Brian Price because I can't handle the stress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just easier to trust Brian Price, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, hopefully that's much ado about nothing. <laughs> Johnny Cueto, the other of the big three. Oh man. Um. Now Brian Price says. I'll quote him here. The concern level is minor, very minor. Um, He's supposed to start a minor league game, I think, tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, They said he could have pitched uh, yesterday, which was, I guess, Sunday. Um, But we felt being proactive, it was best not to, uh, he was quoted as saying, best not to exasperate the issue. I'm not sure that's quite what he meant to say. Um, Said it's something he could pitch with, but it would be a nagging issue. (sighs) Given the... Given the injury concerns uh, that I already have with Johnny Cueto and the, the history of uh, injuries over the last couple of years, I, I'm not going to deny being concerned that we're starting another year in which Johnny Cueto is not going to be 100% for much of the season. And I hope that I'm just uh, jumping to a conclusion that I shouldn't jump to. But uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I won't be burned again, I guess. Uh, are, are you as concerned as I am? Um. I don't
1: know. I, I don't know that I'm. Con- I, I yeah, I am.
0: <laughs> I am.
1: I'm trying to convince myself that I'm not. Yes, I'm concerned, <laughs> but at this point, I, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna stress about it because I don't know what good. Uh, basically, what it comes down to is at this point, if Cueto is hurt and, and misses a bunch of starts in April, it only makes his opening day start say and uh, And then, after that, is out for a while. you know we're we're talking about two thousand fa- 2015, probably. and um, not that Cueto is that crucial moment you know that that singularly that singularly crucial pitcher, but um, I think the combination of Cueto and Latos potentially missing a couple starts. Uh, you know, Chapman being out a while, the bullpen, as we've talked about, being pretty thin. Um, it, it's teetering. I feel like it's teetering. And this is, I'm not normally a pessimistic person, especially not at this point in the season, but I, it is very concerning, um, you know, that the Cueto seems to, the, he could potentially have, in, you know, similar types of injury uh, to what he's been dealing with. And, um, you know, you kind of worry about that. So, yes, I am worried. I am worried.
0: I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that when I when I say this, I sound like every other person who tweets at John Fay or uh, at uh, Trent Rosecrans, because uh, every other tweet that's, that, that people send to those guys seem to s- begin with, should we be worried yet, or should uh-huh. we be concerned? And, and I don't want to be uh, one of these uh, guys that is pessimistic, although I generally, frankly, am, because the Reds have beaten me down over the years. Although they've uh, sort of... Uh, Turned me into a little bit of an optimist uh, over the last few years because they've done so many things right. Um, but I-, I guess the fact is that, and we've talked about this before, this team, in my opinion, is so dependent, it will be so dependent on this starting rotation because, uh, you know, the hitting, there's a chance that the hitting can be certainly improved. Uh, if not an elite offense, they could be an improved offense and, and, and a decent lineup. But even then, it just feels to me like this team is going to be so dependent on these starters, and I'm concerned about not having all five of them uh, all year long because they are—they're uh, a good rotation when they're healthy. And, and I'm a big fan of Johnny Cueto. I love watching him pitch. Um, love his personality. I think that he uh, love having him on the Reds. I want him healthy. The Reds absolutely need him because when he's healthy, it's a. I talked about the big three a moment ago. He and, and, and Latos and, and Baylor are as good as just about anybody else around. But if all three of those guys are are battling nagging injuries for too long, I mean, it's one thing if it's just the first week or two of the season and then everybody's back and these nagging injuries are behind them and the Reds are full strength. But if these things last, like you say, too much longer than the first couple of weeks, it's going to start to get ugly, I'm afraid. Um this yeah the thing about it for me and the, the thing that i
1: felt all during the offseason and going into spring was that the team was good the team could you know win 87 games or 90 games or whatever um, what concerned me was that there wasn't a lot of depth that they weren't going to be able to handle injuries and now you know obviously we've spent the last you know 30 minutes talking about injuries and that's the topic of conversation so it's kind of a worst case scenario staring us right in the face that the thing the one thing that was going to keep this team from being competitive is those injuries and they're they're there and so you know i understand people who are are agonizing over the start of this season it's understandable and I'm sure the Reds are agonizing about it the you know injuries aren't fun in the first place but when you have so many of them hit you all at the same time uh, it's definitely a terrifying situation to be in so um, I, I am not like I said I am not a pessimist but I am certainly concerned about how things look right now I'm concerned that they are that they're they don't have a lot of opportunity to, if, if one of these guys ends up having to miss a while, because one of the thoughts that came to me while during this whole conversation was, well, they may have to trade for a bullpen arm, but I'm not real sure that they have the ability to do that. Not to get somebody that is worth trading for, you know, you may end up being able to trade for somebody who, um, who is a big contract that somebody wants to dump or something like that. But I, I just don't see them having the ability to trade for the kind of bull Bullpen arm that um, would be both reliable and also wouldn't be a big contract so it's stuff like that that you you look at it and you try to be optimistic about it but it was um, it's it's very very nerve-wracking right now
0: i bet here's what i'm gonna predict we're gonna do some predictions later but here's my big prediction if the reds do need a bullpen arm like you say and they need to go out and get one hey why not gary majeski <laughs> I, I bet he's available <sighs> uh or David I'm Weathers. Gonna, I'm not even going to acknowledge that statement. <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably wise. Uh Mike Leake and Tony Singrani uh as well the the back end of the Reds rotation. Mike Leake uh dealing with a little bit of an abdominal muscle issue and and Tony Singrani what I've seen described as a dead arm. That that sounds like a bad injury for a pitcher. A dead arm? Yeah. Well, the funny thing
1: is is dead arm back in the old days Used to mean, uh, yeah, this guy's toast, and we don't know what to do about it. Right. Nowadays, it 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 means, you know, that there's that period that they go through. Um, you know, you come into camp, and your your arm, you're very energetic, and uh, then you start to build up some innings on the arm, and the arm goes through a tired period, and it kind of has to wake up again. And um, you know, we hear about this pretty frequently I think just about every spring somebody oh, goes yeah. through a dead arm period um, and and especially the younger guys younger guys who don't haven't quite gotten that routine down yet to figure out you know where their biorhythms need to be in terms of uh, timing themselves and it's quite possible that maybe Singrani just came out a little too exuberantly um, for the start of spring training and maybe overworked himself a little bit uh, too much early on uh, and probably you know put himself in that situation hopefully. See, I'm optimistic.
0: Uh, I, I like the optimism, but you're over here talking about biorhythms and and, <laughs> and all this. All I'm saying is if a guy's a pitcher in the major leagues and his arm actually dies, that seems like, <laughs> that seems like a bad thing to me. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be so worried about Oh, that. <laughs> so you were just trying to be a smart aleck. Oh, I thought you yeah. wanted some real analysis.
1: I'm sorry. I'll turn my snark back on. <laughs>
0: no, we count on you for real analysis cuz heaven knows I'm not going to provide any of that. Um Okay, so that's that's where we are with the pitchers. And uh, I, I want to be optimistic. Every spring I want to be optimistic. But all these injuries being piled upon the fact that the Reds were unable to really improve uh, their roster over a team that finished in third place last year, I think it's just it's like everything keeps piling on. Is nothing going to go right for this team? Open day could come. They win opening day, win uh, you know, four of their first five games, and all of a sudden uh, – Everybody's uh, back in happy land, and and we're all enjoying it. It it could happen, and hopefully these are just little things, with the exception of Latos, who seems to be the most serious of all the starters. Um, And and he's on the the verge of coming back. If you want to be optimistic, it's not hard to be. Uh, They could all be ready very early in the season, and uh, the Reds can really start rolling. Uh, So I want to be optimistic. I'm trying. I'm not succeeding, but I'm trying.
1: Well, you know, without fail, whatever happens in the first week of the season will completely change the mood of the majority of the fan base, good or bad.
0: Oh, yeah, the first couple of games probably. Uh, yeah. You know you know how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, let's talk about – we've talked about the pitchers. Let's shift quickly to the, uh, the lineup and, uh, in terms of the uh, hitters. Really only one injury that uh, – to a player that's expected to be a real, uh, someone the Reds are really counting on this year that we really probably need to talk about. And, and of course, I'm talking about Skip Shoemaker. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Let's talk about, we'll talk about Skip in a moment, but uh, Devin Miseracco strained the oblique. And uh, they keep saying, well, it's, you know, something they need to, first of all, they said, tip the first response 48 hours of inactivity. Let's reassess see where we are. And uh, they keep sort of, Slowing their roll on that a little bit. They at, at, today he took 30 swings and but now they're talking about he's good chance he's not going to be ready uh, for opening day because he's not hit against any live pitching now for uh, what a week ten days. Uh, the Reds need Devin Mesoraco in, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I. I Talking about being optimistic. This is a guy that I've been optimistic is going to really take a big step forward this year. He's going to be one of the guys that's going to improve their performance enough that so that collectively this Reds offense uh, improves over last year. Having Brian Pena starting, uh, you know, out right of six games c- kind of scares me a little bit. Um, but but I, but there's no reason to be pessimistic here. He's going to be back early anyway. That's what we think, right? Um. Yes. I am going to be optimistic about this one. I choose to
1: be optimistic about Devin Masarocco. Uh I think that uh, this is one of those cases that if he had been, if it had been regular season, they would have been cautious for a couple of days and then he would have, uh, you know, bitten on the popsicle stick and worked his way through it, you know? That's what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I think you're so right. I,
1: I choose not to be pessimistic about this one.
0: <laughs> I choose to be optimistic. That's going to be the theme of this podcast. We choose to be optimistic um, because you've got to make that a conscious choice because so many things want to make you uh, teeter over to the other side. Um, otherwise, everyone else pretty healthy in terms of the starting lineup, unless I'm not thinking of someone. Uh, Ryan Ludwig's healthy, but I'm not sure that he can hit anymore. Um Skip Shoemaker, of course, dislocated his left shoulder diving for a ball. Probably means that uh, Roger Bernardino is going to make the roster. Uh, I'm not sure that one way or the other, the Reds are better for worse, or better or worse either way. There, I maybe you've got a different uh, opinion on that. Um, but uh, Shoemaker is going to be out for I don't know a month or so. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's about all to say about Skip. <laughs>
1: that's about <laughs> we, it. I we, mean. I, you know, it, Jack Hanahan? You it, want to talk about him? <laughs> he isn't coming back until you know after the season. I don't know. I mean, it's it's and on the one hand, it's like well, the good thing is is that a lot of these guys were pretty interchangeable. Now they don't have you know Schumacher has the head quote unquote versatility, but honestly, he's not that great defensively at any of the position he plays. So it's not like you're losing that. Um, you know, he did. He did one thing well, that which is get on base, and I'm not sure that you can say that about any of these other guys. Now, Bernardino has some history in his, you know, where he's had good seasons, but um, I, as I recall, it was fairly BABIP driven, and and you know, I wouldn't place a lot, you know, big bets on him having some sort of a surprise breakout season or anything like that. I. I looking at that pool the pool of guys that they have i don't see anybody that you know screams to me okay well thank god this guy's gonna get a chance now um and so i guess what i'm saying is that eh, you know schumacher's down they'll fill him they'll replace him with somebody who's more or less his equivalent and we'll move on
0: well and every year i'm basically preaching to people it's the 25th guy on the roster you know we're gonna have Bernardino, we're gonna have Neftali Soto, maybe. Uh, really, not that big a deal. Uh, one thing, one reason to be optimistic, since we choose to be optimistic here, is that you know seven eighths of the uh, presumed starting lineup pretty healthy, uh, and and Chris Heisey, who can't get his way into the starting lineup, maybe is having a. An, Uh, obviously spring stats are spring stats, but having a good spring, uh, hitting a lot of home runs. So, uh, you know, again, if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic, at least the guys are healthy other than Mesoraco.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about the offense right now, that's for sure. I mean, and we're getting, you know, Hamilton's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but he's still having a pretty good spring. And, uh, you know, at the very least he's going to go into the – um, he's going to go into the season confident, I think, and and that's a good thing. You know, there's nothing wrong with being uh, being a little overconfident about your abilities, if not uh, you know properly confident.
0: Well, how'd you like to be a rookie? Uh, setting foot on the Major League scene, and you have Joey Votto uh, saying that this guy could be a future MVP. Uh, well, he qualified it by saying if, he, if he'll learn to take a walk, but still, right. that's that's pretty high praise from one of the uh, most thoughtful players and one of the best players in in the game. I'm sure he, what I, he is, my is confident. Part
1: of, my favorite part of that quote is that, uh, is that it's almost like Joey's trolling <laughs> all his critics by saying, if he can take a walk.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Because clearly that's uh, the thing that he's doing wrong in right. terms of his approach, so well, okay. So you, we're choosing to be optimistic. Let's, unless there's something else you want to talk about in terms of all these uh, roster decisions and the injuries, uh, you want to move on to some predictions. Sure. All right. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and make my uh, prediction. I'll, I'll jump off this particular ledge. Um, I'm predicting for the Reds this year. I'm going to predict 89 wins, which seems optimistic to me now that I say it out loud. <laughs> um, in some ways and uh i'm gonna predict second place but uh eight or nine games out of first but in that one game wild card playoff with a chance to uh who knows you get in, you gotta be in the dance to uh to be able to play play in the world series so that's that's my first prediction now i i'm expecting you to tell me precisely how wrong i am uh you're not that wrong i i think second place uh
1: i I'm more, I think, about an 87 win. I mean, I've been calling them an 87 win team uh, with the caveat that I think they can win 90, 92 games. I think they have that potential with them. I think they could also win 82 games. Um, but I think they're they're probably an 87 win team. I think that's about what they'll win. And I think second place. I think the, the Pirates are going to regress quite a bit this year. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, they'll bounce back. I think the Pirates are going to be good for a while, but... Uh, You know, the Reds, this will be a good chance for them to uh, get to the playoffs again. I think, you know, 87 is not going to get them to the playoffs. They'll need an extra win here or there, but they'll be in the hunt. And I I think that that'll uh, that'll be enough to either, you know, have them make a move to push themselves over the top or, you know, have them super motivated to push themselves over the top.
0: Yeah, they're going to be in the hunt. And for, for most of my adult life anyway, just being in the hunt would have been plenty enough for me to uh, really be over the moon with excitement over the Reds. So let's try not to lose sight of the fact that uh, this isn't, these aren't the uh, you know, Eric Milton, Jimmy Haynes Reds that we're talking about. Right, and,
1: and my bold prediction will be that if they do make it to the playoffs, they will win a series this time. Really? Not, maybe not the World Series. But they will win a series. Now, are we talking they about will.
0: the one-game playoff, or are we talking about an actual <laughs> series?
1: Um, well, I mean, <laughs> we'll call it an actual series. So they okay. will make it to the ALCS if they make it to the playoffs. I'm not. I am not going to say they're making it to the playoffs yet. I'm not that confident. And the uh, the postseason's a lot different than the regular season. But if they do make it to the postseason, I I am confident they will win a series this year.
0: At some point, the just it's it's got to even out for them. They've had the math, the math has to work eventually. Right. (laughs) At some point with the sort of bad luck they've had, I guess you could say in the playoffs. I don't know that I'm willing to go quite that far. Um, Although if I wanted to choose to be optimistic, I would just one up you and say I predict them to win the World Series and I just can't do that in good in good conscience. Um Well, not on some not on a device that's actually recorded. Exactly. You don't want <laughs> yeah. People digging that up on no. you. <laughs> Although, I got to say I p- predicted them to be in the World Series last year and uh that didn't work out so well at all. Although it wasn't a bad year. Um heck, I'll take 90 wins uh, again this year. Who's going to be the uh who's going to be the best starting pitcher for the Reds this year? Matt Latos. Matt Latos. That's, that's, that's who I say. That's who I say.
1: I am gonna and I'm gonna say that we're all gonna rue the fact that they didn't sign him to a contract earlier. Because
0: he's about he's to get gonna, expensive.
1: He's gonna add twenty million dollars to his total deal this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll be on the open market. He'll be absolutely worth. Uh, I think he's gonna. <laughs> he's got a big payday ahead of him. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm not signing the checks, so I don't know if the Reds are going to be able to the ones, to, the ones to, to make that give him that payday. I hope so, since I'm not signing those checks because uh, I love that guy. Um, best hitter not named Joey Votto, Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce, Brr. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah. Um, Jay Bruce. If the Reds make it to the playoffs,
1: it is more than likely because Jay Bruce had a six win season.
0: There you go. Billy Hamilton is he a uh, legitimate Rookie of the Year contender?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you, I don't, I mean, he's going to be a contender because he's probably still going to steal 70 bases, which will make a lot of news. Uh, he, the question is, is he getting on base enough to, to really be that valuable though?
0: Well, he doesn't have to get on base that much. In my opinion, he's going to get so much publicity, especially early in the season because everyone wants to see this guy, uh, based on what he did last September. Um, I think he's got an awfully good chance. He doesn't even have to have a, have a great season, really. By I guess from by my count, for him to be a runaway rookie of the year. I mean, somebody you, you could run into a guy uh, like we saw last year um, with Fernandez. I think he won the rookie of the year for the Marlins, mm-hmm. um, and who was just well, I mean he was legitimately great. But um, I think that Hamilton is going to get so much publicity, and he's going to turn into a star in Cincinnati uh, before he's really, before, before he will have really earned it. I, I really think he's going to do well enough this year, and when I say well enough, I think probably a 320 on base percentage with the number of uh, stolen bases he's going to give is going to make uh, Joe Fan think that this guy is a superstar.
1: Right. He's he's got the type of skills that will be overvalued. Right. Flashy. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but that does not mean um that does not mean that he won't be valuable. He just right. he's likely to be overvalued. Uh and um you know, he he could surprise us and put a 340 350 on base percentage up there. Uh or he could uh he could Uh, Struggle and you know struggle to be three hundred. He's he's the big X factor, that's for sure.
0: Oh yeah, if he puts up a three forty on base percentage, this guy's an all star uh, in my opinion. Especially if the defense is as good as advertised and should be a significant upgrade over last year's center field defense. Um, Last question, uh, and I hate to sort of make you step out on this particular uh, limb, and maybe I should make the prediction first rather than asking you. Ryan Ludwig, uh, is Ryan Ludwig going to be um, a one win player this year? Oh yeah, uh, you think you think he'll be a one win player?
1: Yes, i i will I will say one and a half
0: wins. One and a half wins. Could Could Chris Heisey do any worse if Chris Heisey were the starter? I mean, Chris Heisey gets exposed maybe if he plays too much, and he's He's had chances and never grabbed the the brass ring. Uh, I, I just feel like defensively he's a, a little bit better. Well, maybe a lot better. But.
1: I, I think Chris Heisey's going to see some playing time. I think the I think left field will not be the black hole that it was last year. I think um, between the two of them, and it, maybe I should back off the one and a half because I I was just realizing what I was saying compared to what I had been thinking. Um, really, what I was kind of thinking is that between the two of them, that they'd be like a two, two and a half win, yeah. uh, uh, tandem, and uh, so I shouldn't give so much of that credit to Ludwig because it's, it's really kind of de- going to depend on how their their playing time is uh, uh, spread out. But yes, I think I think eventually we'll see a, a more improved Ludwig. I- I don't think we'll see 2012 again, but I think we will see uh, much more improved Ludwig uh, over what we saw from him last year. I'm not, you know, maybe we see 2011 again from Heisey, but I I don't, I don't think that the spring is indicative of anything more than just uh, Heisey's in a hot stretch right now.
0: Yeah, I'll take two and a half wins out of left field, absolutely. It's an improvement over what we had last year. And, uh, you know, get two and a half wins out of left field. Billy Hamilton can be adequate in center field. Uh, Mesoraco takes a little bit of a step forward. Brandon Phillips uh, really was hurting last year, and he bounces back even just a tiny bit. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, this is not a bad-looking uh, a bad looking <laughs> offense, if, if we choose to be optimistic. And then you get that six <laughs> wins out of Jay Bruce that you were predicting. <laughs> you and have mixed sudden.
1: my words up. I said if they make the playoffs, it's probably because Jay Bruce had a six wins. Exactly, exactly.
0: All right, well, that's, uh, that's enough for now, our final preseason podcast. Um, we'll be back uh, hopefully next week with uh, after a, a win on opening day and uh, some excitement in Redsland. It's always exciting, the new season. I, I'm okay. always ready to get Time maybe a little less excited than I usually am, but still, uh, hope springs eternal.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you're going into the season already dreading it, you know, take the season off from baseball. Enjoy something else. Have fun with baseball. It's an event. It's a it's a entertainment. Enjoy it.
0: Exactly. You know. Uh, sometimes we take it far too seriously. Uh, frankly, it's supposed to be a diversion. It's supposed to be fun and. You know, if you, uh, this is a team that should compete for uh, 90 wins, or, or maybe even more, could be less, but they should, they've got a chance to, to win that many or more. Heck, that's that's fun. That's fun to me. That's a much better. Than Don't what it let seemed. the fear of a
1: disappointing season ruin the fact that baseball is an awesome sport.
0: Exactly, exactly. Thank you. And that, that probably ought to be our uh, our motto here, because uh, just the day to day, the game. The game is special, and uh, we need to enjoy. Everyone needs to make a make a point to enjoy that more. It'll be a little more enjoyable if the Reds win ninety four games, though.
1: Yeah, my life will be much better if they if they do exactly what I want them to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, why don't they just do that? <laughs> um, it's selfish of them, it, actually. It's really selfish of them. Uh, Joel, what tonight before the podcast, if you don't mind me asking excuse me i'm sorry what were you doing tonight were you signing oh i yeah no i um
1: i was invited to come speak at the harrison branch of the cincinnati library this evening and met some really great reds fans we talked reds i uh did a little presentation that i had put together and answered some questions and met some you know some older gentlemen and some younger gentlemen and some kids and i mean it was great it was a lot of fun um I don't know if any of them are podcast listeners, but if you were there, i really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great opportunity. I'm glad I get to do that kind of stuff every once in a while.
0: And let's plug the book here. That's what I was trying to uh, give you an opportunity oh, to do there. Oh, you
1: were being <laughs> subtle. Well, I, I didn't actually – I wasn't selling books, so you know, it was with oh, the library. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's 100 Things Reds Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. It's, uh, it's a good read, companion read to a baseball season.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and, you know, if you need a ringing endorsement, uh, Jim Kelch told me that he used to read that while he was, you know, doing his business. So
0: <laughs> It's morning constitutional. Yes. Um, excellent. Um,
1: so if it's good enough for Jim <laughs> Kelch, it's good enough for all of you. <laughs> uh, the,
0: the choice of Jim Kelch's bathroom. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's a great book. I love it. Um, and uh, I have a question. What's this? library of which you speak i think i remember hearing about those are those still still around they have books and dvds you know thank you to the cincinnati
1: library i am most of the way through uh i'm actually just about to start season three of the wire oh cincinnati library
0: oh excellent excellent well that's another conversation for another time but i I look forward (laughs) to talking about the wire with you one of my favorites um joel let's choose to be optimistic shall we we shall. All right. Any if final words? If you be optimistic on opening day, then when can you be optimistic? Exactly. What's the point of being a baseball fan? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, appreciate uh, Joel joining me again, and we are going to, I guess, call it quits now. Uh, follow Joel on Twitter at JLuckUp, L-U-C-K-H-A-U-P-T. Follow me at DotsonC, D-O-T-S-O-N-C. Follow Red Leg Nation at Red Leg Nation, ironically. Um, go to RedLegNationRadio.com sign up to uh subscribe to the podcast so it'll automatically download every, uh, every episode of the podcast um joel go reds
1: absolutely
0: all right thank you i appreciate you listening to us so long
1: To line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
0: This Valentine's Day, Duncan's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa Mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.